Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 8th, and you are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined by Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports. Chris, we said we were going to spend this lovely Tuesday morning of game week, week two, technically, talking about last night's BYU-Navy game. It wasn't much of a game, though. I, I turned it off after the third quarter. BYU won 55-3. to three. was not the result I was expecting. This was a pick em or a one-point spread, according to which whichever sports book you prefer. Although, Chris, I do think there are some lessons that can be learned from such a blowout like this, such as Navy coach Kenny Amatololo admitting that they didn't do any live tackling before the game, and, and that's probably why they got blown out. Yeah, I think it's worth reading a quote he had last night. Um, that kind of speaks to how weird this time is in college football. Um, boy, this game was 1,000% my fault. Obviously, we weren't prepared. One team was playing football. There's nobody to blame but myself. I erred on the side of trying to keep our guys safe. I'd say it's the worst Navy football game we ever played. They lost 55-3, to so that's hard to argue with them on that one. And it was, it was a shocking blowout. I honestly thought BYU would have a little trouble contending with the triple option on short notice. Um, they only had a couple weeks to prepare for the game. The game kind of got moved around and got replaced at the last minute. And BYU was just simply more physical. They looked more ready to go. They were, <laughs> they were better on the ball. They had good angles to the football. They tackled well. Navy didn't do any of those things. And the result was a huge blowout. And I think it might be kind of a sign of things to come in college football, at least for the first couple of weeks. Yeah, you could tell in the first drive, BYU was just leaning on them. Uh, finished with 301 yards rushing, five touchdowns. Had two running backs clip, uh, eclipse the 80-yard mark. Meanwhile, Navy, like life without Malcolm Perry was really hard. Uh, new quarterback uh, Devin Morris uh, went four for eight. Uh, and Kirk Herbstreit had even hyped him up on the ESPN countdown show saying hey, he, they might air the ball out. He looked really bad. Uh, the Navy rushing attack got 119 yards. But... Uh, again, it was the story was that Navy was unprepared um, from either a playbook standpoint and as well as a physicality standpoint, and that's that's a tough 
that's a tough task against a BYU team or a BYU program, I should say, which is always going to be very well prepared, always going to be physical, always going to want to run the ball down your throat. So BYU is probably not as good as 55 to three. Navy's probably not as bad as 55 to three, though. I would say that it looks like they're going to be rather bad this year, but we, I want to drill back into the fact that they didn't do any sort of live scrimmaging. Most teams do three. If, if your COVID policies or protocols will allow that, I'm sure Tennessee is not going to get three this in this fall. The Vols had 45 guys out last week or so. Jeremy Pruitt said he'd be surprised if they could get their full amount of practices in. But those scrimmages are really important for a sport that doesn't have preseason and this year really doesn't have any sort of cup, cupcake slate with the exception of a few Big 12 teams and ACC teams this fall. But Chris, this is, do we commend Coach Ken for doing this or is this sort of, is this almost dangerous in its own right? I, don't, I mean, he he did it for the right reasons, I guess. Um, he tried to keep his team separated as much as possible to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Um, we've seen, especially from the Ivy league, the last few years, kind of a push towards tackling less and pack practice. Dartmouth particularly has kind of made a name for itself by using a lot of kind of moving tackling dummies and kind of practicing in a way where you limit kind of contact and you're still pretty effective in the game. Um, Navy tried to go that route and it didn't at all work. And I think, as you said, there is certainly an argument that it's more dangerous for players to come into a game unprepared. Um, I don't know how many injuries or uh, bangs and bruises Navy came out of this game with, but when you're not practicing tackling like proper angles, well, actually I would, I'm sorry, I'm trying to talk myself in a circle here. I would argue that like in practice, you're still tech practicing proper tackling technique. You're still pro- practicing proper angles. You're still practicing safe tackling. The problem is you're not having a live body to kind of apply that on. And no matter how fast those tackling dummies are moving and no matter how kind of many reps you take on a player without kind of putting him to the ground. It's a different thing in live action and kind of trying to do that at full speed without having any kind of practice to get it done is both ineffective as we saw and potentially a little dangerous. Cause you're just like, you're not going to be taking the right angles. You're not going to be tackling with proper technique, no matter how many times you practice it, because that body is going to be moving at you at a much different speed than the tackling dummy is. So, It'll be interesting to see if he changes up kind of his formula. I'm sure he will, because that was a pretty embarrassing performance from Navy. Yeah, it's also interesting how it never they in four quarters they never got you know acclimated or anything. I, I he said in, in pregame that they hadn't been tackling. I was like, oh my gosh. Well, maybe after the first quarter the guys will get used to some live bullets, but that wasn't the case either. It's you could tell they were trying to toe the line of appeasing a football hungry world and keeping their players safe. I don't think you would see that sort of tactic or even that sort of transparency from any other, you know, at least any power five coach out there. Right. Chris, like, like even Lincoln Riley, and he's been as as conservative as anybody uh, with, with how to treat COVID isn't going to come out and say like, we're, we're, we didn't do any tackling. So that'll, that'll be interesting to follow. But as we, as we kind of go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't think anybody else in the power five level is doing that to that extent, but you are going to see some, I really think you're going to see some really sloppy games this weekend. And we saw it yeah. last weekend. Tackling was really bad because like a lot of these practices on the power five level and the group of five level has been split. Like 
they've worked in smaller position groups like West Virginia, for example, the first two weeks of fall camp essentially was doing half his team in the morning and half his team in the afternoon. So you're not really seeing good on good as much as you have in the past during practice. The level of competition is not as high and that's going to contribute to sloppy play as well. It's just, it's going to be a, it's going to be an adjustment period for everybody. And those teams that figured out a way to make it work this off season and figured out a way to get some good reps in. And I, there were not a ton of good reps to go around given how limited things were. I mean, we had a pretty big advantage, like a team like Clemson who managed to get some spring practices in is going to be heavily advantaged over some teams that did not, for example. Absolutely. I was, I was going to say it was a sloppy weekend of football and it's fine. It was college football. You know, I'm glad to have it back. Saw ball control issues. Tackling was obviously an issue. I think we should brace ourselves for more of that in the next few weeks. I, I, I would think by the time like the SEC gets going, the other conferences will be better acclimated. And, and I think the SEC will probably have had more physical practices, but I think if you have a big talent disparity, that's going to bear itself out in these first few opening games. Like if, if we saw BYU, it, they, they knew what they wanted to do. They wanted to just pound the rock. And I think there's an argument that if you have better talent, if you, if you have a system you believe in, like there's just keep it really vanilla the first few weeks. And like, if, if you're a big 12 team playing a group of five school, or an FCS school this week. Like if I'm Oklahoma, I'm just trying to see which of these five new running backs can can get it done for me. Like I'll get Spencer Rattler some live reps, and you know I'm going to get him comfortable with his new receivers, but I'm not going to show off anything. Like I'm just going to pound the football. And if I'm Texas on UTEP, which is a 41 point spread according to William Hill, like I'm going to see if I can make that 70 to zero. Like I, I, you know, no reason to get Sam Ellinger running around. Just again, feed, feed your ball carrier. So I, I think if you have a massive talent advantage, that's going to get amplified these first few games. Yeah, no doubt. And I think a massive talent advantage is amp. I think honestly, I think there's two things that are going to be amplified. I think there's going to be the massive talent advantage as you spoke to. Um, but at times I think the massive talent advantage can be kind of, overrated if you're coming against a team that's experienced um, and was kind of able to weather the storm that was this offseason and well coached. I think those are going to be the two huge advantage is uh, for the weekend. For example, like I think a team like Duke with David Cutcliffe there, and I believe Duke opens um, the schedule with Notre Dame. I wouldn't be surprised to see Duke give Notre Dame a little bit more trouble than people expect because Duke is both experienced and well coached. Even though they've been limited this offseason, I think they have a roster kind of set to kind of scale that gap a little bit. Not saying Notre Dame didn't. Notre Dame also had some pauses this offseason. But I think those two kind of sides are both going to be equally advantaged. And teams that are both experienced and talented are going to be majorly advantaged moving forward. So a team like Clemson, as we mentioned before, is going to maybe run over some teams early in the season. Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was not even thinking ACC versus ACC here. Like when, like when I'm watching the game last night, BYU Navy, and I'm seeing okay, Navy didn't practice well; they're not prepared. What other teams would fall into the didn't practice well, are unprepared, probably didn't have the infrastructure to weather twenty guys oh. being out, whatever? I'm like, okay, UTEP, Central Missouri, like these teams are going to get smoked, is what oh, that's I'm a, saying. Like that's a ugly, great point. ugly is going to be really ugly this weekend. Well, like, like Missouri, it's not gonna, yeah, it's no, not going to be your run of the mill blowout. Yeah. Missouri States had, I think their practice has been paused several times. 
and that's Bobby Petrino's team now. Yeah. Um, so absolute and, slaughter is what I'm saying. Yeah, I I think you're right. Like it could get really ugly for some of these. Well, first of all, I mean, it's like sacrifice games anyway. They're literally Absolutely. playing games for money. But yeah, it, it could get really. Ugly. I think the only David is coaches are going to try to cycle in backups more than ever in these kind of early games to get any kind of game experience you can. So you might see the starters pulled out a little earlier than normal. That might prevent these games from kind of blowing up like that. But even the backups at Oklahoma are going to run over the starters at Missouri State. So it could certainly get ugly. You're right. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's going to be a fun weekend regardless because we've got college football on tap. It will be a fun week on the College Football Daily. Make sure you've subscribed. If you haven't, if you you know got something we're missing out, leave us a review. If you like what we're doing, leave us a rating. Uh, one to five stars. We prefer you airing on the side of five. For, for our producer, Tony Levitt, and for Chris Hummer, I'm Trey Scott. We'll talk to you all Wednesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.